appreciate. We've had a lot of fun with my sister and brother-in-law. And God has, just like all of us, aren't we all under construction? And, you know, um, just done some amazing things in their life and, and continues to do things in their life and does ours as well. Uh, as my wife said, um, you got a connection card, so if you need any information or you're a guest, make sure that you fill that out. We want to, to bless you and no hassle guarantee at the end of service. We have free gifts if you're here for the first time and uh, that kind of thing. So I wanted to, to you know, we just came off uh, Use the Force. We just came off that series. This is a standalone message. In other words, it's not in, in a series. But I'm about to start some new things I'm actually planning out this year. This is going to be a good year. Amen? Come on. You're, you're ready and you are primed. We are showing you things that God wants you to know so that you can live differently than you've lived before and have what you wanted before but you couldn't get because you didn't know how. That's right. And so you're going to learn how to do that. Today, I want to talk about, because here's what God has said. He said, you got to teach them how to stand against the devil. Because when we start doing the things that we're supposed to do, the things that we are called to do, the devil don't like that. And so he is constantly trying to get us to stop. So, uh, you know, we just, like my wife said, are off that 21-day fast. If you were fasting, some fasted social media and, and you think, oh, that's no big deal. If you're used to getting on there every day, it gets to be a big deal. Then you're like, ah, you know, that kind of stuff. Some fasted caffeine and, you know, or whatever that is, whatever you're fasting. And we're just glad to be off that. And I get it because I think that's, that's good. You sacrifice some things to do that. But isn't it time that we stop this? If we could stand against the enemy and we stop the doubting, we stop the frustration, stop the strife and, and stop loneliness. You know, the enemy wants you lonely. You know, we're talking about life groups where you can do life together. And the enemy wants you lonely. You see, uh, the enemy wants to... How many watched Wild Kingdom growing up? Remember Marlon Perkins? He can't still be alive now, I don't think, because he was up there when I watched it. But, you know, that poor assistant Jim... Jim always did everything. While Jim stays down there to fight the cobra, I go here. You know, that kind of thing. But... What, what happened is, as you watched Wild Kingdom, the, the lions and all of the predators always preyed on the elderly or the young or the sick. And they would try to separate them, listen to what I'm trying to tell you, from the pack so they could attack them. And the enemy still does the same thing. He wants to isolate you. So that you have no strength, no support system, no power, because he'll get you to doubt and get you into unbelief. And God wants to insulate you. Listen to what I just said. God wants you to be strong on the inside so that whatever happens on the outside, help me, that you won't be affected by that because you are in. So if it's cold outside and you've got enough insulation on, you're not cold. So we need to stop that stuff and start the confidence, confident in who you are in Christ, confident of the awareness, confident of the power, confident of your belief system, confident of believing in God. First Samuel 17, 47 says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So he's talking to the enemy. He's saying, I, you know, it's over with you. He's going to make you get into our hands because God has got this battle already won. But I've seen this happen more times than I can count. Somebody hears something about faith. We just came off a faith message series. And they find out 
If they base their prayers on the word, they can have anything they say from God. They can have anything that they ask. And they start saying, oh, and it almost gets to be out of proportion because then we get a wish list and we take it and it's been used in other ways. And people are like, ah, and so it gets out of balance. But understanding how that works is what we need to understand and we need to pull inside. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said this, what, what things... Soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He's not specifying what the things are. And so because then we move to the other side of that, then we're afraid to ask for anything. Then we get in the mindset, I only, can I have just what I need? I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants to give you more than just what you need. He wants to give you further above that because he wants you to be able to bless other people because you have an abundance. And the enemy is, is buying and feeding the church the lie that we are not to ask for anything. But I would rather just go on the other side and say, God, I would rather dream big. I'd rather believe big and dream big. We are quick to obey. We pray and believe that we receive and we shout the victory. There are people that do that and they're like in church because they feel anointing in church. And they're like, yes, I see it. And all of a sudden it's almost like the veil is torn. The scales have fallen and they can grasp it. But when they leave, when they get home, when they get to the car, they get with Uncle Fred and Aunt Judy who don't believe that. And they're so excited, they're just bubbling over, and then they get their their fire doused out because the bills are still looking at them. Monday's still coming. And the devil starts knocking them flat on their backs. Why? And here's the reason, and that's why we're doing today, because they didn't know how to fight. They didn't know how to fight. I don't want to take a knife to a gunfight, do you? They didn't know how to stand against the enemy. And the moment we take that stand, the enemy gets more aggressive because he wants to call you to see if you're bluffing. Now, just understand, he already knows the outcome if you understand the outcome. If you know how it works, he wants to make sure you know how it works. People ask me this all the time. They'll just say, well, uh, I just don't understand. Well, let me just say, he knows what the word says. The devil's very good on what the word says, but he wants to know if you know what the word says and you believe what it says. That's what he's after. Our first thought today. If you want to whip him and you want to not let this bother you, here's what we got to do. Make the decision. Make the decision. It takes a decision of your will to take a face stand. You have to decide inside. And now, now, this isn't a following decision as much as a I am leading myself decision. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes, you know, the best battle or the best group you can lead is you. Because you're going to have to decide who you're going to hang out with and who you're not going to hang out with or, or what direction you're going to go. Make the decision. The dictionary defies or defines uh, will as a strong purpose, an intention, or determination. So you're going to have to decide inside you, in your will, to take a faith stand. When you go to the Lord in prayer and believe you receive, you must have a strong purpose and determination not to waver until the answer comes. So many times we give up before we see the answer. It didn't happen right away. I tried tithing, but nothing happened. There wasn't anything in my driveway when I got home. I still went to the refrigerator and I had just a bottle of ketchup still in there. That's all that was in there. So it, it just doesn't work for me. 
can I say this is a lifestyle. This is a decision that you make. If you go, I'm going to try this, but if it doesn't work, I've got this plan B. Let me just tell you right now, just go to plan B because plan B is your plan A. If you have already said, I'm doing this, if it doesn't work, I'm going to this. You've just decided you're going to this. Does that make sense? Because we have to be all in. You have to be, God, you are my provider. You know, you say, no, Brad, I work at such and such. That job provides for me. They pay you because God gave you the job, and so he's wanting you there to be a light for him, and they're going to pay you to do that. Well, I'm not allowed to talk about the gospel. Then what are you allowed to do? Why don't you just be the gospel? Don't talk about it. Just be that. Just be kind. Do what you're supposed to do. I have to fix it. I have a brand new device up here, and it's fun. It just kicked off on me just now, so there's some adjustments I I have to do. (laughs) I've got to make a decision that's irrevocable. You know what that means? I can't. I'm not going to take it back. It's, it is a decision that's there. It's my confession of faith no matter what. Turn to your neighbor and say, no matter what. No matter what the enemy brings up, no matter what the consequences look like, no matter what. You, you, know, the, you know, Kim and I have made this agreement. And, you know, I'm not saying it's always been easy because it hasn't. But even in a, in a marriage, in there sometimes the enemy just wants to go, ho, 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 ho. I'm going to get you, but you have to make up your mind no matter what. What, what is it that you have made a decision that's just like, I'm in this, this is my life here. Our second thought this morning, you got to fight back the enemy. you got to fight back the devil. you got to fight him back because he's going to come and try to get you as far as the word in you, and I'll explain. He'll come with images of failure or lack or sickness. He'll, he'll just throw things of your past back and you'll live with condemnation and you'll never be able to get out of that and he'll tell you that if you buy the lie you have to rebuke those images right away in the name of jesus and then you have to jerk your mind back to the word of god and begin to say scriptures aloud so that you can hear them faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and then you have to apply that to your situation So what happens? You're going to take those thoughts captive because the enemy is going to come and try to get you off focus, get you off course, get you off decision. And when those things come in your mind, you have to take authority, make that irrevocable stand. I'm not even going to ponder that. I'm not going to give that space in my brain to think and take my time because you know what happens if you let, you know, how many remember Brill Cream growing up? A little dabble, do you? You let a little dab of that in, and that dab will grow. And pretty soon, your hair will be sticking up everywhere. Because you have allowed that in. So you've got to fight back the enemy. So now we've just locked and loaded for number three. Feed on the word. My wife didn't know these thoughts or points today, and she's already telling you some of my message. We've got to spend time in the word of God. And we talked about that last week. How often? How often do you need fed? Every day. Your faith needs fed every day. Who's responsible to feed it? You are. What do you feed on? The word of God. So knowing that, you have to feed your faith. You have to feed it. And you have to, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. 
Brett, you don't even know my situation, man. This has been in my family for years. This, is, this has plagued us, and this, and this, and this, and this happened to my father, and this happened to me, and this has been five years ago, ten years ago, twenty. You've got to stop that. You've got to start feeding the things that are going to grow, that will bring good life, good things, godly things. You've got to starve the things, and you, well, you, you don't even know what I did. I don't have to know what you did. If it was wrong, it was wrong, but it's past. You can't change it. You can't do anything about it. Worrying will not change it. You cannot go forward if you do not let go of what's behind you. It's just that simple. You keep before your eyes the direction you're heading. The Bible says without vision, the people perish. In other words, if they have nowhere to go, they just wander. When I was a kid, we played outside and we we played ghost in the graveyard. How many ever played that? And we got sanctified and religious. We couldn't call it ghost in the graveyard anymore because it offend too many people. So we made up another name for it, which, you know, that's just like, never mind. Anyway, so what we did is that we had to establish boundaries. Okay, where are we allowed to go? And so, okay, you can go here, you can go here, you can go as far as this house way down there. You can go in the front yards and the backyards or it was all backyards only or front yards only, whatever we decided. There were boundaries. So you had to keep a vision before you. We could go here. I didn't have to worry about going clear over there because that's out of bounds. Listen, you just start reading the word and putting in there, you know what's in bounds and what's not. Your spirit will tell you. So, so you focus, keep vision in front of you. Keep things in front of you that you go every day. My wife has a vision board up in her sitting room where she reads and prays every day. And it's things that she's believing God for this year and, and to come in the future. And so she'll go over that vision board of the things she's put on there. Why? Because without vision, the people perish. She needs to keep it in front of her. She's going somewhere. And somebody would ask this, because people always do. Oh, that's not spiritual. It's things. Let me just say something to you. You got to get your mind off what everybody else is wishing for and what everybody else is believing for and put your mind on what God is calling you to do. And start saying, all right, God, what is this? What do you need me to do? What are you believing for? You know what she's believing for? Great times with her family. Some of those things like that. So she put up a destination place. You need another vehicle. Okay, what kind? She put it up there. I put one up there. Not on her board, but I got my own. It's whatever. What is God putting on your heart? It just turned off again. I'll fix it by next service. That's probably telling me you're talking too much, Brett. Here's number four. Speak faith only. Speak faith only. The devil can't do anything to you if you don't open the door to him with your words. He doesn't have any authority over you. Jesus Christ is your Lord. He can't rob you, listen to this, unless you authorize the robbery yourself. That would be just stupid. That would be like watching uh, Sandlot and say, you're killing me, Smalls. How can I have some more of something if I hadn't had any? You'd have to know the Sandlot to know that story. But you are authorizing the robbery yourself. If you're going around saying, I'm never going to have anything. I'll never have these things I want. You just authorize the enemy to keep you from having the things you want. I'll get, you know, and I break this, but people go, you know what? I can't go in there because I'll get sick. Really? Do you want to open that door? 
Listen, I go into hospitals all the time and pray for people. I go in there. I never concern myself. I never concern myself with getting sick. I just don't. I won't give it space in my brain. God, you've called me to be an agent for you. And you put healing in my hands. It is your power. I'll go in there. I don't care what's going in there. I ain't getting sick. It can't get on my body. So you declare and you begin to speak faith only. Satan comes for your words. He wants those seeds in your heart. He wants to get those. He wants what gets in your heart. He doesn't want it to get in your spirit. Your spirit's what communicates with God. When you get saved, your spirits are, you're one with God. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want those to take root. He doesn't want you to believe what God has said in his word. And for sure, for sure, he doesn't want you to act on them. You can believe it all day, but if you're really passive, well, I, I do believe God heals, but I'm not going to pray for anybody, and I'm certainly not going to pray it out loud. Mm-mm. He's okay with that. But I'm just telling you, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to make an irrevocable mindset because Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for those that have made up their mind, that have said, you know what? I'm with you. But if we are not careful, the enemy can get a foothold in. 1 Timothy 6.12, I fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we know we always win. If we're using faith, God never loses. Jesus has already won it for you. He has already won it for you. One of the enemy's favorite pastimes is telling believers how big their problems are. You see that bill? You'll never pay that hospital bill off. You see that? You'll never have this. You'll never have that. And he does it all the time. He's always trying to discourage you about this or that or just take, hey, just be sad. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Sing it with me. No, don't. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. But you see, if we were really understanding this, the enemy is the one with the problem. And he's trying to get you to focus on everything you don't do right. But actually, it's he's the one that has the mess. He's got the problem. It's not only massive, and it's not temporary difficulties, like you're working through some things or God has already forgiven you. Aren't you glad for grace and mercy? Aren't you glad for grace and mercy? Now, talking about speaking the word, I heard a story of a boy and a father on a, on a trip. They're going around this mountain, kind of steep. It had rained a couple days before and got slippery, and the boy fell about 50 feet, slid down the mountain, and was kind of scared. And was able to grab onto a tree root. And there's a little bit of the landing there. But he was having a hard time getting it. And he, and he yells out, help me. And a voice comes back, help me. Right now. The voice, right now. You're a fool. The voice comes back, you're a fool. Shut up. Shut up. And his dad made it down there. And he said, I got you, son. I got you. And he helped his son down to the trail. And. His son said, somebody's yelling at me. And his dad said, listen, that's called an echo. He said, watch this. You're a winner. You're a winner. The voice calls back. I can do it. I can do it. God is with me. God is with me. And he said, this is what life is like. Whatever you put out is what comes back. So we got to understand. We got to speak the word. We got to speak. And the enemy has got the one with the problem. Because his isn't going away. His isn't covered by grace. His isn't covered by mercy. His isn't going to be forgiven. He already knows his outcome. 
just think about this. Jesus, what he did 2,000 years ago and through his life, death, resurrection, the kingdom of darkness has been utterly destroyed and defeated. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The word destroy means to ruin, to bring to naught, to spoil completely, as to destroy a government. In other words, Jesus just knocked Satan to zero. He took away from him everything that he gained through the fall of man and left him with no legal rights and no power. All power Jesus took back for him. Satan has none. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you're a believer, all power was given to Jesus. And Jesus has given you authority to exercise that power. And if, even if that wasn't humiliating enough, <laughs> he instituted the new birth by that by letting us we have we've gotten saved and we're born again and because of that now that new power can be handed to us that authority is handed to you by salvation some people ask well we need to do this and we need to learn about this and i we believe in every one of the gifts this church believes in every one of the gifts. we believe god is doing it today but can i say this if we can't get people saved they're never going to experience the gifts say amen to that because that is the greatest miracle yet. What if they don't make heaven? Well, I didn't make heaven because I... Let's get them there first, okay? Let's get them covered on home base. And then we'll let, as they do life with people, then God will show them in, in our Wednesday service. and they'll, they'll see gifts operating. James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I bet you the enemy wishes that verse was never in the Bible. But listen to what it says. He doesn't have to just flee from Jesus. He has to flee from you. He has to flee from you. Because Jesus is living on the inside of you. And your belief system, the authority, that power. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You talk about big problems. The enemy's got big problems. The only way he can get another foothold in your life is by deceiving you and you using your own power against yourself. He just wants to get you just to not believe in God. And he wants to get you to declare out of your mouth what's not true. Twisting it. But if you refuse to buy his lies and you find out what the word says, you believe it and act on it, he's got nothing. He can't stand against you. In the name of Jesus, he has to run from you. As one translation says, as in terror. That's pretty cool. You can send the enemy away from you in terror. Because you have the right and the position to use the name. And Satan has to do what you say because of that name. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Here's the comforting thought. This big, big problem, the enemy's problem. You can overcome everything that's coming your way that's causing you grief. Everything. And he knows that by speaking faith, using the word of God, and putting it to work. All Satan tries to do, and it's always done all through history, is try to sidetrack the body of Christ. Diversion, you know, just give, here's a diversion. I want to get you off course, get you off focus, whatever that is. He just wants to try to get in a foothold to take a place where he does not belong. Matthew 24, 4 and 6, Jesus said this to them. He said, take heed, no one deceives you. 
For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. So how do we keep from falling prey? How do we keep from falling into fear and deception? How do we keep from being troubled? Just to quote something from the TV show Dragnet. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Here's number five. Understanding the score. Understanding the score. What I mean by that is you got to know who the man is. You got to know who's in charge. You got to know the big dog, the big boss, the big cheese, the real godfather, the head honcho. You got to know who Captain Kirk really is. The president, the CEO, the boss, the Lord, the prince of peace, the king of kings, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, my banner, Jehovah Shammah, he is there, Jehovah Shalom, my peace, Jehovah Tiskanu, my righteousness, Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies, Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You got to know who is who and who you serve. You got to come to that absolute decision that you are the victor. God is with you. You have already won this battle because Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and He has assigned you a job. I'm saying you are an employee of Jesus. Isn't that cool? And He's putting us to work in this world to show how good God is. The victory is the Lord's, the battle is His, but the victory also is yours. But God gets all the glory. You must settle that within yourself. Do whatever you got to do to get that into your spirit. Stay in the word. I don't care if you got to take communion 365 days a year. I just took communion for 21 days straight. Just believing God, I'm believing you for everything. I'm believing you for this, for this church, this, this, and this, and this, and this. Fellowship of the Lord until confidence rises up in you. Spend time with him so that you know, I've, you know, you got to do that. So when you, I want to be like Moses, don't you? Come down from the mountain and you just, you know, man, you look different. You know, I'm just saying, you can have that, you can have what God has for you if we just put this to use. Here's number six, and we're going to finish this up here pretty quickly. We've only got two more, six and seven. Declare Psalm 91. This is probably one of my wife's favorite psalms and probably most of you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. Under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent shall... You shall trample underfoot because he has his has set his love upon you. Therefore, I will deliver him or set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
We need to speak out loud scriptures like that and then pray through those and start putting your situation in the midst of that. Where does the enemy coming in taking that from you? It doesn't even fit. It can't come near your dwelling. Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me. And this is what I want you to notice. The scripture says, I will say it. Then in response to what I've said, he'll deliver me. Remember last week we talked about you can declare something. You can, you can, if you decree it, you can establish a thing according to the word. God, in your belief system, remember this is a say covenant. You're going to say it in your belief system and you're going to believe it and put your action with it. And when you begin to declare that, then God says, that's my kid. I'm going to deliver them. It's not just some super spiritual idea. It works. There's a soldier during World War II survived a, a bombing raid and he just prayed Psalm 91, screamed it out loud and hid under his bunk as his whole uh, uh, squadron was under attack. And the whole place was annihilated except his whole, wherever his bunk was, everything around him was destroyed except the bunk in the middle was completely untouched. He declared Psalm 91. You can do that too. Take a hold of that. And here's our last one today. I don't like this one, but here's our last one for today. But I got to preach the truth, right? You got to pray for the bad guys. I don't want to pray for the bad guys. I want to hit the bad guys. Don't you? That person that's just been doing this. But you know, sometimes we, we get our mind on the person. It's really just the spirit of the enemy driving the person. God loves the person. You got to pray for the bad guys. First Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. It's not specifying just the good ones. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. You know, we just went through one of the most turmoilous. That's a new word for you. But it's a good one. Turmoilous elections ever in our history. And we put up with eight years of wonderful leadership. Not. Okay. But what I'm saying is, we need to be praying. We still, we still, I didn't agree. I didn't vote for uh, former President Obama. But I still prayed for him. Because he's in position. He's in authority. He's over our country. And so I still prayed for him. We got to still pray for those that you might not like too well. We got to just not pray for the good guys. Pray for the bad guys too. If we're going to be successful to fight this fight of faith, we've got to obey God's guidelines. We've got to say, God, you know what? Because you can't hold bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Because then that, that just makes your prayers not go higher than the ceiling. So you got to pray for those that have persecuted you. You got to pray for those that have been mean to you. Pray for those that are bullying you or whatever that is. But pray for that. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You got to keep your heart good. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart against foolishness. I don't care how you feel. How your flesh rears up and how you get mad. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. You got to fight that battle 
in the heavenlies. You've got to fight that battle in the spirit. Father, you know, Jesus was so good at that. He made that. It seemed like, like it was not a, he could do it so easy. I mean, think about it. All the rejection, all the things, even Judas. He just, even when they killed him and put him on the cross, he's saying, forgive them. Now, whatever we're going through has not been like that. If he can do that, so can you and I. God, just forgive them. You might not like the enemy coming against you, but I'm telling you, that's what he's trying to do because he knows his end is coming. You have to stand against him. You have to do those seven things. And by faith, by putting that, making that irrevocable decision, I'm going to do this for once. I'm doing, I'm making a change. That 2017 is not going to be a year where I'm tossed to and fro. I'm hot, I'm cold. I'm hot, I'm cold. I'm on again, I'm off again. I'm on again. I'm going to tithe for three weeks. I'm not going to tithe for four weeks. I'm going to tithe again for two weeks. I'm not going to tithe for five weeks. I'm going to do what God says, whether it's money or whether it's just love. How many knows if we just love, that'll encompass pretty much everything? If we just love God, we're going to do what he says. That's what he said. If you love me, you'll obey me. That means in every area. The praise team is going to come back here in just a second or going to make their way back up front. I want you just to close your eyes and bow your head, if you would, for just a second. This morning, if you're here and you're saying, Brett, that's, I so much need that. I just need to stand. Maybe you've been, you feel like he's just pushed you in a corner. And you almost feel like you're Rocky Balboa and you've just been beat up so bad and you're tired. I get it. But today's your day. You're changing things. You make the decision to change it. We've got to make Jesus number one. Nobody number two can be number one. Number one is by himself. Nobody number three can be number one. It has to be Jesus, God alone, number one. And if you want to make that decision, if you want to get saved or rededicate your life, we're here to help you. And we're not going to embarrass you, but I just want you to put your hand up. I want to pray with you.